It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. So we got the jobs numbers on Friday at the end of the week. Uh, A little lighter on the number of jobs, a little heavier on the wage increases. How did you interpret them? So they actually came in pretty much as I expected. You know, I, I've expected the economy to slow down in a fairly orderly way. And this number, the 187, comes in continuing that pace. Some folks were, would have liked it to be faster and a larger gap, but I'm comfortable. I'm not expecting this to be over in a, in a short period of time. Uh, in terms of the wages, uh, it doesn't surprise me that wages are still strong. You know, during this whole high inflation period, uh, worker wages have trailed inflation for quite some time. And so we're still in that catch-up period, and I expect that we will still see uh, strong wages. But I'll tell you, when I talk to employers, the one thing they tell me is that whatever they're setting their wage growth at this year, they're expecting it to be lower next year, and then lower again after that to get back to where we were pre-pandemic. So, you know, we got to keep an eye on it, of course, but uh, I was not concerned too much about that at this point. And I'm sure you'd be the first to tell me one data point isn't enough to make a decision, but uh, do you feel that the Fed is on the trajectory it needs to be on to get to 2% at some point? I do. You know, we are today in a restrictive stance, and as inflation continues to fall, the degree to which it's restrictive actually grows as that gap between the inflation rate and our our interest rate uh, widens. So I think that will uh, put enough constraint on the economy that it will continue to slow. But again, I'm not expecting this to be, you know, a two-month or a three-month period. I, my outlook is that we'll still be in a restrictive territory well into 2024, uh, and it'll just take a while for the inflationary pressures that we've seen over the, the last year and a half to fully dissipate and get us back to 2%. You'll need to see some more data before you come up with a position on where you should be headed in the future meetings. But what data points particularly will you be focused on? So I'm looking at really three things. The first is the actual inflation rate. So we got to make sure that inflation is not moving away from target or even starting to stall. Uh, The second is the breadth of inflation. So in all of these indices, uh, you know, they they track the prices for a a number of different goods. At the height of the inflation uh, trouble, 80% of the goods they tracked had inflation rates of 5% or more. Today, it's 28%, and and this is in the CPI, and then. in ordinary times is 15 to 20. So we can get back to that, that's a great thing. And then the third is expectations. Because as you know, people make decisions based on what they expect things to be in the future. And if they start to expect that inflation is going to be different than our 2% target, and that's not what's happening now, then they're gonna make different decisions. And our economic capacity will be lower. And we definitely wanna make sure that doesn't happen. You talk about the breadth of the inflation. Let's talk about the breadth in a different sense. You are responsible for a, a good-sized region of the country. There have to be variations within that region. I mean, you've got Atlanta, you've got Miami, you've got a lot of rural areas. As you look at that region, where do you 
see the biggest variations that we should be paying attention to? Well, there are a good number of them. And you know, it's, it's funny that you, you say that because you know, my district is uh, all or parts of six states in the southeastern United States, very large and very diverse. And right before the pandemic, we were using a theme, one district, many economies. And, and so when you look across the southeast, you have the big metros, Atlanta, Nashville, uh, Tampa, these places are, are growing fast. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on housing as a result, but the trajectory there is very positive. What are the best investments from your point of view, from what you understand, that will drive the most productivity? I think there are two things. You know, the first is I know, I know that a lot of businesses have been thinking about how do they improve their processes, introduce automation that allows them to get more done with less. And that's happening across the board. You go to a restaurant now, oftentimes you do the ordering on a, on a, on a screen, and that reduces the, the baseline cost and increases productivity. And then the second is really to invest in our workers, to make sure that they're getting the skills that allow them to compete for the jobs of tomorrow. When you, you think about all the automation that's happening, all the, the new manufacturing, um, it's a different set of skills that, that workers need relative to what they needed in the old factory. And we need to make sure that we're investing in ways that allow our workforce more broadly to be competitive, to participate, and then get those higher wages. Rafael Bostic, thank you so much for joining us. That's Rafael Bostic. He is the president of the Atlanta Fed. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.